Hi, I am Marta, and welcome to Cosmic Days. Welcome back to Cosmic Days. Today we talked to Andrew Matarazzo, who is best known for his role as Gabe in the hit MTV show Teen Wolf, and he was recently in the Netflix movie He Is All That. Andrew is also a very talented singer. His first four original songs debuted alongside music films, completely directed, produced, and conceptualized by Andrew himself. It was really lovely talking to him and hearing more about his creative process and his songwriting and acting, and especially how he handles relationships and his personal life traveling between LA and New York. Thank you so much for for being our second guest today. Um, I love you very much. I feel like the day I met you was actually a cosmic day. Actually, today someone told me instead of you know when you tell people like have a great day, they go like um, have a cosmic day. So I was like, wow, like the influence is already like happening. Okay, back to my other story. When I met you, I felt like that was a cosmic day because you know when you like meet someone for the first time, and obviously it's someone you just met, but you feel like you've known them before, and I just knew that with you right away. So um, I'm all about those moments. But um, how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I um, it's funny that you said that you felt like we met before because I always say that like. Every time I meet a person, I know right away if I've known them before in a past life or even just energetically, like they just feel familiar to me. And I know that they're going to be someone in my life for a long time. Or I know that it's somebody that's going to be kind of passing and I've never been wrong about it. And I think I told you this where I said that normally when I meet new people, it had been a really long time since I had met someone that I felt that. Like, I've known you before and you're going to be in my life for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I you told did, you that actually. really early on. I feel like I'm so like open and like social that I meet a lot of people that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to love you forever. But then obviously it's not like that. So I get I get overly excited. Sometimes and my filter <laughs> goes a bit off. But with you, I, I had the same feeling and I knew right away. Um, so so, yeah, that was uh, I love those moments because I feel like you know, like life is telling you like, hey, you're doing something right because I'm bringing you the right people. So it's really cool. Um, I want to talk yeah. about um, you being in New York right now, because I remember before leaving, you told me that you needed to reconnect to your, you know, to your art and like uh, mm -hmm. writing and acting and just find new inspirations. Um, I don't know. I, I want to know more about that. Yeah, I think New York to me was always, I, I had always had in my brain that I was going to either end up in New York or LA, but they're both very different paths. Um, I auditioned to go to Juilliard two times. Oh, I didn't know I that. I got very close both times, but I ended no. up getting a scholarship. You didn't know that? Yeah. So when I did a year um, before I did like college, college, I did a Shakespeare program um, in England. I was there for a year. And I knew I wanted to end up either in LA or New York. So I auditioned for basically the top three schools that had the best programs. Um, and Juilliard was the one that was in New York and CalArts was in LA. Um, and I got really close with Juilliard, but I didn't get in and I ended up getting a scholarship to CalArts, which is what brought me to, to LA. But I remember really early on, New York was always associated with 
my early like craftsmanship as an actor. It was where I did a lot of classes here. Um, my my uh, commitment to even just my audition for Juilliard, both times that I did it was just brings me back to a place where I was the most focused and the most disciplined and, you know, really, really being like an athlete in my arena where I was training every day. So just energetically, when I come back to New York, it reconnects me with that time of focus. And when I had that unjaded drive of like a young actor, you know, so recently I just felt very stagnant in LA with people around me and feeling uninspired artistically. So I had an opportunity to come to New York for a month and had to take it because it just felt like it fell into my lap at the exact moment that. that I needed it. I love it. that. And I feel like, you know, living cosmically means like being able to like recognize these moments that are given to us or these chances. And I, I think a lot of people don't know how mm-hmm. to see them in other people they meet or things or opportunities they get offered. So it's part of, you know, being in, in touch with this sort of like a higher thing, call it life, call it whatever. It's just being able to really see it when it, when it's mm-hmm. offered to you. So, uh, I like that. Yeah, I think I mentioned this to you the other day, but like I had this cosmic moment when I was walking through New York where I had this epiphany of like always saying that I want to be bi-coastal. That's my dream, my goal. And it feels so distant. But then I had this kind of epiphany where yeah, I am bi-coastal. <laughs> like I'm, I come to New York multiple times a year. I stay for long periods of time. I have so many friends here. I am between New York and L.A., So it's funny how we, it is about recognizing what the universe higher power is like putting in your path and not blocking it from being what it is. Like I had this idea that I need a place here in New York to be bi-coastal, but I am in fact already there at this goal that I'm making so unobtainable that it's so far away. I love it. And I I was saying in the trailer that sometimes when you like really desire things um for yourself you think about them so hard and it's almost like you're already there but not physically yet but now you are so it's almost like like actually so for you for example when i decide when i moved to la i was 20 21 but i knew that i wanted to live in la since i was 13 just because i don't know that thought or that idea just that came to me at a very like young age but then again obviously it took that many years to be able to do it because i was i had to be you know like 18 and i was i went to college and all that but i would say that now my um you know like processing my desires and my like things that I want to do and then to actually be you know getting to oh I have it I'm doing it it's got much you know shorter what what is it like for you when you like you know decide you want something like how how do you go about it like how long does it take like what's the process like for you I had this innate feeling in me as well that I always wanted to live in LA like you said it's kind of I mean, that's cosmic. LA really is. LA is a special, like, cosmic, magical place. Like, David, well, not to interrupt you, but David Lynch talks about the light in LA and how he had to move to LA from, I think, Philadelphia to, like, make movies because the way the light hits the city is just so unique. And anyhow, Mm, yeah. I love that. But yes, it's, it's, I mean, we have such an idea of LA just through pop culture and the zeitgeist of what we absorb through, you know, from afar without even visiting. Um, but I just felt it in my blood that I belonged in LA. Um, not necessarily energetically, but even just 
it just matched my and you know we're all we're always evolving so maybe even one day it won't match me but but i had always felt that it was it matched my lifestyle that i like and it matched my my passions and and the access to so many different people and cultures and things um so on the point of when i want something how do i get it i think that i have an unwavering drive in me which i think can be very powerful but also has been detrimental to me sometimes because it keeps me on one hand always pursuing what i want like with this unwavering power but then it also keeps me from being satisfied and settled in the things that i have achieved so it's an interesting catch 22 for me that i'm always struggling with because I don't want to ever turn my drive down, but I have to learn how to be more present and more aware of the things that I have achieved instead of always being on to the next, on to the next. And so I'm practicing that a lot now. And I think that is a way almost of manifesting more of my goals is um, really focusing on gratitude and really focusing on what you have achieved and um, having moments like what I talked about where I am by coastal and acknowledging things that I have been put in my path and that I have already achieved without keeping this idea of there's more it's in the future the next thing mm -hmm. no yeah I'm the same way um, I feel like I'm never happy with what I have which is I mean I am but then like for like a day or so and then I'm like okay I need to work on the next thing and I it's like a it's a restlessness yeah. I think that comes with being a very driven person um, and seeing the world in this way that we do, which is there's just so much to the world. I, I like this quote that really fits into this podcast. I don't remember who said it, but somebody really early on told me, um, be in the world, but not of it. Mm. You know, have you ever heard that quote? Because I can't remember the source of it, but it really resonated with me because it means function in this world that we live in but don't be part of it in the sense of like remember that so much is like man-made like rules and these boxes and societal ideas um but if you're otherworldly if you're not of the world you're just in it it means you think so like bro more broad than what is put in front of us the reality that is kind of painted as i love this i think I embrace that concept fully because even just, for example, talking about dating, I always feel like I am in like a thing, but then I am not. Meaning like I, at the end of the day, I always think to myself, it's just me. Like everything else that's in my life and everyone else that's around me and that's part of my life, they're not like, they're not me. Like, so I feel like working on mm -hmm. being able to be detached in a way you know is i think in a very healthy way not like a in a, in a negative way i think it's just very yeah. important because it gives you perspective no, and it. like you're more able to really see things clearly which sometimes i feel like we're so swallowed by the news by instagram social media like people's ideas of us of us and i feel like we can get so kind of like i i don't know distracted and i i, I like that quote i i don't yeah. know who where you where did you did you find it recently or i'm gonna have to look it up no it was it was told to me very young by someone that was like a mentor mm -hmm. of mine but i don't think that they 
came up with that. But what you just said is exactly what I mean. It's just having almost like one foot out the door of reality so that you have perspective of like, I think that's a big reason I've always had a problem with authority because authority to me is one of those man-made reality things like teachers. I had such a, such a hard time respecting teachers that didn't respect me. Like if they were, if they were amazing to me, I was amazing to them, but when they were rude, I was rude back. And I didn't, I couldn't accept the concept of like, who says that just because you're a teacher that you automatically get respect. That's such a man-made rule. That is not how the energy of the universe works or how, that's you know, the opposite that's of cosmic thing that was I created. think putting fear in people's exactly. brains is how society works. Fear is a mind killer. Isn't that, uh, that's a quote from, um, Dune, right? I, I think. Dune. And I yep. think that being able to live outside of this concept of fear is so important, but also so hard because people create these uh, like unnecessary fears that sometimes I, I don't know, like, I don't know, just even from some of my girlfriends, like, will say like, I'm not supposed to wear this because I'm not going to look good. And like, who said that? You know, like things that you like come up with to like yeah. give yourself structure and put you in a box that doesn't need to exist. Yeah. I think I, I piss off, I piss off a lot of people sometimes because I don't, I don't like boxes. I don't like, you know, like, yeah, you don't function, I don't function in, in, that, in that space uh, at all. And I think for our world, for example, as actors, it's really hard because I feel like I can be so many things, but maybe not just one box, like 10 boxes and people just need to see that one box. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, where, what box is she part? Like, I, I don't understand. So I feel like it can be very confusing but when people get it. It's like a whole new world and I, and it's so much more. Yeah. But I think also living this way, like a bit, like not of the world is a bit uh, like not stressful, but like, it's not easy because it's so much easier to just sit back and oh, be like, yeah. I'm just going to like do whatever I hear and whatever they tell me. I feel like being so alert and so kind of like aware right. takes so much energy for me, at least. Yes. I full, no, I fully agree with that. I think the boxes, boxes and the way society function is all for comfort. Like things have to be defined. Things have to have rules. Like that's, that's a comfort yeah. thing. So I don't think, I don't think there's like, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but if you can live life and function in this way of just kind of acknowledging like the world is so old, there's so many rules that are beyond like anything man made. Um, and that's a really interesting way to live if you kind of open your eyes to this alternate reality, alternate like wavelength that exists. Um, and it's not just like societal pushed, but yeah, it's very overwhelming. Like already being an empath as an actor is hard because you're absorbing every emotion around you. You're sensitive as fuck. Um, but yeah, when you feel like so many things aren't real, quote unquote, almost like I call it simulation syndrome, not to get too heady, but like where it feels sometimes where you're just kind of like walking through like a video game almost and it gets a little overwhelming. Sometimes I think it's cool. Like lately I've been utilizing that feeling um, within, I have a little bit of social anxiety and I've been engaging a lot more and consciously trying to go out more and be more social and engage with people. And it's actually been helping me using that mentality of like, none of this is real <laughs> and to like, just do things that, that I, I am scared of doing, like going up to a certain person and talking to them or, or, um, or saying something that's on my mind that might be really uncomfortable, but I'm like, you know, it's just this moment right now. Like, 
it's going to pass and then and then what so sometimes it comes into i like that positive i think play, like but... being able to overcome you know fear by fear is what's going to get us to the goal because people are just not going to get to it because they're so fearful so if you like can get over that which i think we do an okay job at so it's uh yeah i have a question for you so which I, is something that I struggle with as well. Sometimes I feel like I put on all my, you know, manifestation practices and like all the things that I do to like uh, tackle something that mm -hmm. I really want. But then sometimes when I so know that it's meant for me and it's, it's, it has to happen, then it doesn't. I feel so like spaced out and so like, like, I don't know, the world is so unfair or whatever. Like, how do you handle the unknown or like unfair answers or like unfair things that happen after having done so much work for, for it. I mean, something that actually we, we talked about recently with you. Yeah. I, um, I definitely have issues with not having control over things. I'm very particular, very precise. So anytime there are things like that are unknown and totally out of my control, I definitely struggle with grasping that. Um, how I handle it, I think, I don't know, my mom, my mom gives me great advice, even though it's so frustrating the moment where I call her and I'm venting about something. I'm like, I can't believe this happened. It didn't go the way that I wanted, blah, blah. And she literally will just say the most simple thing where she's like, but that's part of life. And then I'm like, okay, that's so annoying. But then it actually makes me feel better because it's like these things that we feel happen to us or doesn't happen for us. Like that's just part when you kind of just accept it in the simplest term, like that is just part of life. That's just, these things are normal. We always feel like it's this huge attack on us. If something goes wrong or we can't have what we want. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's like, that's just part of the reality. And I, and I find that, and I know this is so corny because it's been told to me a bunch, but like, the things that we don't get or that didn't happen the way we want is the ultimate fuel to keep pursuing a different avenue, building a bigger goal. Like, um, I think that's the silver lining when things don't go your way is it actually fuels you to whatever it may be, like proving that person wrong or wanting to be even bigger of a goal than what that was, or it blocked you from this path, but it set you onto another path. Yeah. So I have a, yeah, it's a push and pull of like remembering that. Um, I think the hardest, the hardest time frame is that in between where something bad happened or didn't happen for you, and then you haven't found out what the reason was yet. But it could be years later that you're like, "Wow, if that didn't happen, I would have never met that person, which I never would have gone to that place, and I would have never ended up exactly where I'm supposed to be right now." Yeah, time is everything. I think. It heals and it helps again when i when i manifest it's always usually like right where i when i work on my cosmic like life or whatever it's always like mostly about work or like you know friends but mm -hmm. it's when it comes to dating because we talked about it with our previous guest amrit um it's a completely different world for me at least like i'll manifest a person and, I'll, and they'll come to me like i'll date them let's say but i feel like I've rarely, maybe just once or twice, uh, felt like I was dating someone that was cosmically given to me, like, or like, 
mm-hmm. meant for me or good for me. More like cosmically, I want it, so I took it. Fine, but I feel like mm-hmm. I still haven't figured out how to align myself with, with that or like what to kind of like what to do. And I always am so curious about what people, how people handle that stuff. Well, don't you feel like the cosmos kind of gives us what we need and want in that moment sometimes to show you like that isn't what you need, you know? So they say, you might be manifesting. Yeah. You might be manifesting that person and the cosmos might be like, sure. Yeah. Let's give you that person so you can learn what you need to learn and see that this isn't what you actually want. Um, But what your question is like, how, like what, what do you do with, yeah. I want to like, how, how do you go about like picking your dating partners or, I don't know anything in that world of dating or like if you have any tips or things that happened to you lately well, that you can share. Similarly, I feel like what we were talking about where when I meet somebody like friend, a friend that I can feel that we've met before and it's going to be somebody that's going to be in my life for a long time. That's how it's been kind of with dating. I've never really, I've definitely had moments in my life where I want somebody in my life, but I've never like actively tried to pursue something it's always kind of organically come about and every relationship i've had it was always the most organic way of just becoming friends and then it gets deeper and then it gets more serious and then they're integrated into my life and then before i know it we're in a relationship and it's been a year plus two years three years so the longest relationship i've had was three years and i think it's kind of that feeling too, where when something just, you feel it energetically, it should be very easy. Not that there's no work to it, but it should be very organic and develop naturally, I feel. Um, and I think that's where that quote comes for, from, where it's, you can't love other people till you love yourself. I, I feel like the love yourself is referencing just being content with, content and self-sufficient and having a strong sense of self because then when people come into your life they add on to your life and they integrate into your life rather than you're you need stuff from their life and you're pulling and taking and they're taking from you right it just kind of they kind of mold into your life um and i think yeah when you when you have a strong sense of self and it's not a need mm-hmm. it's more of you know it's more of just timing and organic energy like molding together then it works out better in my experience. Um, and it's funny because we we can say all we want, the type of person we want to attract into our life and our ideas of, of like, what's the perfect person? Um, but at the end of the day, I, f- I find that it's always someone that you're not really expecting and it always kind of happens in a way that you couldn't have really written better or, you know, I mean, sometimes looking back on relationships, yeah, looking back on relationships, when I tell stories of how I've met people, it it's always funny because it sounds like a movie. It sounds like the perfect story. In the moment, it didn't feel that way. It just was happening. But then I'm like, this sounds like the way somebody would write wanting to meet, you know, the love of their life or whatever. So it's interesting, retrospectively. That's cute. I like that. Yeah, it, it's all very true. I still do you find? <laughs> do you, I have a question for you. Do you find that 
you date the idea of people or you genuinely fall for these people? Because I know manifesting, sometimes we manifest the idea of what we want, right? So do you find that you're dating the idea of people or that you're genuinely connecting and attracting? I think I look at a photo and I go, I want that one. Where can I find it? <laughs> I'm joking. Right. I, I, I think it's I don't a think little you're bit... <laughs> I don't think you're joking okay, at I all. I want that one. I get very um I mean you know this about me. I get very uh bossing when it comes to dating. Like I won't take no for an answer. Like if that's what I want, I will get that. But it's yeah. most of the time not what I need or what it's meant for me. I, I, I like yeah, I guess the idea of some someone, but then obviously you get to know the real person and there's parts of that person that are maybe amazing and maybe there's a couple parts that are just like you know, mm -hmm. like a deal breaker. So, um, I start with the picture, then with the idea, then the actual person, and then it's like a no, and it's like, okay, maybe <laughs> that wasn't a good idea, but I don't know. I feel like I learn all the time and I think I, I really meet amazing people. Like I'm so lucky to have met an incredible, like people in my life, you know, at a personal friendship or in romantic level. And at least, you know, for me, I think, at least I was there for, for to tell a story then afterwards, you know, I think it's <laughs> right. more exciting to, to be dating someone like unique and maybe not perfect, you know, long term, but at least, you know, they gave you something in that moment. I, I'm not really cut for like super safe, steady stories that are going to like, you right. know, I don't know. I think, I think it's not, that's not my kind of book. I, I'm writing a different kind of book here, but I, I love watching people go through their, you know, love life. And, and I think yeah. I learn a lot by watching people. I've always learned so much as a kid from just watching people being and doing things. And you identify with like one thing more than another and you just like, you know, mimic it in a way. I feel like that's been like when I was younger, that's what I was doing. And so until you find your own path mm -hmm. and what works for you. But um, do you think that, you know, we were talking about earlier about people that are like part of the world and then people that are kind of like otherworldly, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, as pretentious as yeah. that sounds. But <laughs> when you're like this driven person that sees millions of different colors and different walks of life and think way outside the box, do you find that it's easier to attract kind of the wrong people because we're always seeing so many layers of them that we can hyper focus on, on the good parts about them? and the intriguing parts about them and we want to kind of go into this otherworldly you know realm not surface level stuff so then i find that it's easy to pull out like interesting things that we latch on to but they're not necessarily like the right things if that makes sense yeah totally i think just like by nature i'm someone that attract like i said earlier like i'm really friendly or open i don't know what it is but people just come to me with like all sorts of needs and things they want from me and i'm like i'm not like you know uh <laughs> I, I can barely like help no it's i'm a, I'm a, I think i'm a very helpful friend but um i do think i have a special power for scouting unique humans like either mm -hmm. if it's like i'm not like ca casting a movie but it's my life feels like that a lot like all <laughs> people that i meet are like some sort of like special characters that are like you know yeah, so unique so and funny. so out there i think all my friends and all my you know like uh people just in my life are just very very special and i do think i have this energy where i attract these people then there's also like 
people that are not that special or that are not that good that need to be filtered. And I've done a lot of that in the last few years because I yeah. feel like when you're friendly and open and giving, people just come to you. But um, on that subject, I was going to say, because you said filtering out people and something really interesting that has been happening with me the last year has been um, trying to trying to put into practice this concept of returning the energy I receive. So mm, I like that. once I started really practicing that and it works both ways, like there was people giving me so much energy that I wasn't really giving them any energy back. And there was people g taking so much energy from me. Um, and I was kind of just like holding on to this idea of, or if it was a really long friendship, but it's evolved into, you know, not a very like healthy one. But it was interesting to me that the second that I started returning the energy that I received, matching exactly what people were giving me, if somebody is like constantly reaching out to me, trying to make plans, being sweet, helping me with stuff, and I started doing that back to them, all of a sudden they were becoming my best friend. And these were people that, you know, a good example is like my trainer, right? He started off as just my mm -hmm. trainer, but he was so sweet and helpful with like so many things in my life he was always there to like help me even with small things like can you help me with a self-tape and he just was very reliable and a very like good person but i always felt like oh well he's my trainer so i wouldn't be inviting him to like dinners with my best friends or like when i'm making plans i didn't think of him as like someone to invite and then i started when i started practicing this return the energy receive i thought of him and i'm like you know, this is someone that's giving me so much more than some of my best friends. And I'm like, just thinking of them as my trainer. So I started inviting him to more things, hang out with him, like outside of sessions. And then he became one of my closest, closest friends to this day. And it was that idea of like, so, you, you're, you're matching the energy. So it's, it's, you're both giving and taking from each other equally. So it's like a recharging friendship. Um, and then on the flip side of that, relationships that I had that were extremely, like, way longer standing, and these are my quote unquote best friends, when I really started paying attention, like, wow, they always flake, or wow, they always ask me for help for things, but then when I ask them, they don't reciprocate. So then I started matching that, starting to say no to things, like flaking when I don't feel like going, and then it just organically died out. And I thought it was just really interesting this, like, there were so many best friends in my life that I wasn't giving attention to. And then there was so many best friends I already had that weren't really being what a best friend is supposed to be, you know? Um, so that was a long winded answer, but it just, cause you brought that topic up filtering people out. And it, I think that's a really good way to do that is just match people where they're at and you'll see how it organically takes care of itself. I think this is a really great point because I think, living cosmically isn't just about doing all the positive things but also learning from things that are not so great and just like mm. being aware of the kind of energies that you're being that you're being exposed to because i think sometimes we try to what well, i i you know try to always find the best in people and i have a hard time letting go but i think part of like having your you know just being able to really like elevate yourself and your energies also letting go of energies that are not serving mm -hmm. you that are not part of your um way of just you know living and i think um a lot of people struggle with that because they think that they are it stems from like fear of abandonment which is very some, some, some very primal sort of fear that kids have you know when the, their parents are yeah. not with them all the time or something like that so i think yeah that's that was that was really good though 
Um, do you have a memory from when you were younger that you can think of right now looking back um, that was like, oh, like I totally like knew back then about something that's happening right now in your life or something you had a, an intuition or a feeling about something that would be part of your life later on? Or like for me, it was like I always knew that I wanted to live in L.A. or but like the, the whole acting thing came later in my life, for example. But there's some things that I just knew, like without really realizing I knew them at that time. Mm -hmm. hmm. Not like one specific thing, but I think that I've always had this really, really strong feeling since I was like 10, 11, maybe when I was like thinking of the world a little bit bigger. Just that I didn't ever want to be an ordinary person, like very early on remembering that I just did not want to be ordinary, whatever that meant, however that manifested. So I was always kind of like trying to break out from the norm. Like I was the class clown because, and I think looking back, like I was a class clown in every single class. And it was, that was my form of at the time, just cutting through like the mundane, like everyone's sitting perfectly at their table. And I'm like, want to make jokes and be funny with the teacher and like stand up and put a show on in the class. And like, that was my way of just always like breaking free from the, from the norm. And then I would get in trouble a lot in like middle school and high school because I just, yeah, the simulation thing again, like I just had this extreme mm -hmm. powerful feeling of none of this counts. Like I knew I wanted to be an actor I knew that the system of school is very like just what society tells you to do. We all learn the same exact things. I had, I was so hyper aware of that. It just felt like I can't wait for this to be over and be in the real world. I think a lot of high schoolers and middle same. schoolers, yeah, a, a lot of people that age, they think that that's their whole world, that these are going to be their besties forever. And their person they're in love with in middle school is going to be their husband or wife. And I, some people live that way that's that's yeah, a scary yeah, yeah. part they some never people really just it. have that yeah. yes yeah yeah and i just always knew that i i just couldn't be ordinary if that makes sense so i'm working on being extra extra extraordinary but i do feel that i live a very like i try to you know a lot of people say through i know instagram is very like curated but People tell me all the time, like, what is your life? What is your life? And even though Instagram is curated, it's not like I'm faking anything. But I also find that I'm like, I'm just, that's what I'm attracted to things that are just not ordinary. So sometimes my life looks ridiculous, but I'm not really like doing anything on purpose. It's just I'm manifesting kind of these situations and places that look beautiful and and cool things that happen because I'm just, I think that's just how my brain functions. I'm always, it's kind of like a moth to a light. Like I'm just always flying in that little direction of like that, that looks cool. I want to do that. I want to be there. And so it ends up looking like my life is freaking crazy, but it's just another form of trying to break away from the day-to-day -day mundane. But isn't it funny that, you know, you have to call that extraordinary to justify what right. it is for, like, because most people, have such lower the bar is so low it's like why does it have to be that low but i i felt that way when i was a kid too but i was never vocal about it i always had a plan in my head but i'm like i'm not gonna tell anyone because they're gonna think i'm crazy they're gonna think i don't get it like they're gonna think my mom didn't really understand now she does but 
I never told anyone what I wanted to do because it sounded weird to say it out loud to me too, actually. And I was like, why are we raised to think that being artists is a weird mm -hmm. thing? Because there's amazing artists that make a killing, you know, with, with their art, either music or songwriting or acting, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's, um, if I ever have kids, I don't want to like raise them like that. I'll be like, you do whatever, like you resonate with and, and just go do it. And it'll, it'll become a thing because I think that's how it is. And it's not any, you know, um, uh, different than any other job. I just think that it, people are projecting yeah. because they don't think they could succeed at it. They project, uh, how are you going to be able to like do it? Cause it's, it sounds scary to them. So yeah, it's almost like a catch 22 because if parents were to, give the same energy to their kid that wants to be an artist than the one that wants to be a doctor, then they would have a million times more chance to be successful if they were put in those right classes, if they got into an amazing program, if they had a coach, if they read the right books, like, yeah. but instead you're suppressing this like natural instinct that this kid has. And then when they fail, because they're going to do it anyway, it's part of their core and their being when they fail, then you're like, see, I told you so. Or it's like, so you basically forced this, you know, inevitable, like, um, ending, you know? So it's, I got really lucky because my mom was an artist. So I felt, you know, life circumstances obviously can be big barriers, but having a supportive parent is, is what created such a massive, strong sense of self in, in me, um, I felt very validated and confident. So I was able to pursue these things with this confidence of like, I had someone that had my back. That's very important. That's major. I, I think our generation can change mm -hmm. that. I think we can be cool parents and understand our kids because we had to work on it ourselves. And so we just know how it felt and, and we don't want it to feel, I, I would never want my kid to go through like not being able to acknowledge their own dreams or their own, you know, passions or just because they're not being a lawyer or yeah. a doctor. So I think I'm positive, um, you know, the next generations are going to be, uh, they already are. Yeah, we hear, I feel like we hear so much negative stuff about the newer generations, but that's just kind of like what media puts out there. But no, I honestly feel like there's so much more positive of the way that the newer generations are thinking and like, I cannot wait till yeah. they're in office and like they're the ones that are running and making rules because it's just everything is so stale. Like we're we're evolving yeah. at like the fastest pace we've ever evolved. So it's so weird that we still have all these people in these higher up positions making the rules for younger people that are going to be around for hundreds more years, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um I think I have one last question yeah. for you. Do you have any like um, specific like um, tips or tricks or things you do like actual practices to um, help your manifestation or even just if you meditate or is there something specific that you do almost as a routine to um, do, you know, to work on your um, manifestation? Yeah, I, I definitely meditate. I think meditation is the easiest form of it's not that it's easy, but it's just like such an obtainable way of like starting your practice of reconnecting to things that you want and things that you're grateful for. I, I literally do 10 minutes a day. It's not even a huge like thing to fit into your day. Usually it's like after I shower before bed. Um, 
I have lots of playlists of like sound bowl music because it just helps me kind of filter out outside noise and get in the zone. And I just really practice visualizing things that I want in the near future and far future, but not just general, you know, it's got to be super, super detailed. I like to, you know, feel the emotions of what that moment's going to feel like, or what does that person feel like and smell like? How do they make me feel? Um, seeing things that I feel are unobtainable, but then having those emotional feelings and it's, you know, it's good as an actor because we can bring ourselves to that place, but actually feeling what it's like. Sometimes I burst out laughing. Sometimes I start crying and it's like, I think that's vivid, um, manifestation when you can be as detailed as possible because it's, it's almost like forming a solid how do I say this it's like building something like you're actually building it with these vivid thoughts it's not just something that's a general like I hope I fall in love one day I hope I'm successful it's Mm -hmm. like what are you successful Mm -hmm. in how does it happen who's the person you're going to meet that brings you to that level but also what's that person's email so that I can reach out (laughs) tomorrow (laughs) that's me Hey, that's a very tangible thing, at least. Um, yeah, so just meditating, <laughs> manifesting, and then really, like I said earlier, um, focusing on also the things that I already have accomplished and being grateful for things that I asked for. I oh, I think every time you're manifesting something and the universe gives it to you, it's so important to acknowledge. You can't just be like, yay, it happened. You have to be like, I asked for this, you gave it to me. Thank you so much. Because... Light a candle and and get and say a in any form. It just has to be an acknowledgement because I think it's so weird how we ask for things, ask for things, and then when they're happening, even if they're happening and they turned out to be bad, you have to acknowledge that you asked for it. You can't just be like asking, but then kind of just living life. It has to be a conscious thing. It's a practice. When I write down my uh, lists of things I want, goals or whatever, and when I get it, I put, I put a little star yeah, next to it. A, so yeah, that's, that's a great my, way. Uh, like way of like being, thank you, I, I got yeah, it. Yeah, I always, I always have like dialogue <laughs> with the universe where I'm just like, even if it's silly, like I'll just, I'll be like, thanks, man, love you. Like, even if it's just the tiniest, even if it's just I like a that. tiny acknowledgement, it's just the, yeah, it's just the acknowledgement aspect of it. I love it. This was so fun. I loved every second of this conversation. Uh, I feel really inspired. And um, thank, thank you. you so it's much funny because this is this is basically how shared. we talk in normal life. So now it's just recorded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that I'm bringing on people that are some like you're a friend. Some are going to be like not like my closest friends, but I know they all live by this kind of like, you know, I don't know what to call it, but they, they, they all have. They, they do the same yeah. things we're doing. So I, I feel like they're part of our clan, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited to nice see to the like, other episode. I mean, my therapist told me that people that are self-aware, I think there's only like a million in the, in the whole world. Like people that, I think it's like a rare quality. It's mean. like, um, there's a certain test. There's a certain test. Yeah, it is to take, um, and she's like, uh, I think a million, uh, just a, a little bit over a million people are um, are super self aware, super hypersensitive, whatever. So it's like, when you find those people <clears throat> that connect at a higher, you know, frequency, I think it's 
it's rare. It's like, you know, like when it's, it's a rare thing and it's yeah. to be treasured. So. Man, that's interesting. I want to look that up. So thank you. Uh, if people want to find you, find you on Instagram, social media, where can they find At you? Andrew Matarazzo. I have to say it really white so people can hear how it's pronounced. Matarazzo, M-A-T-A-R-A-Z-Z-O. Andrew Matarazzo. Amazing. Thank Love you so you. much. Thanks so much for listening to Cosmic Days. If you enjoyed, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music. We have some great guests coming up that I'm super excited for. So follow along and have yourself a Cosmic Day.